Shalom everybody and Shavua Tov. We are finally concluding Rav Nosin's opening up of Parshat Lech Lecha, the beginning parts of the Parsha, in light of lesson Likutei uh, Moran, lesson number 24. We're in, again, Likutei Alachot, section Orachayim, Hilchot Birkat Hoda'ah, the laws of the blessings of giving thanks, uh, discourse number 6, paragraph 15, at the very end. You should see and you should know and uh, understand already by now that for Avnosin it's a very very big thing to find a hint to concepts mentioned by Rabbi Nachman in his Torahs because basically the Kutimoran is perceptions, it's conceptions, it's a concept, it's an idea, it's a discovery and it contains a practical advice and then to take these very high lofty ideas brought down by Rabbi Nachman and then find them hinted to in the Torah, which has been around for ancient, ancient times already, is a very, very big accomplishment. Even though everything's in the Torah, but when you see it, when you find the match of showing what was re- discovered, revealed later on, and then showing how it was hinted to all along in a Pasuk, in the Chumash, or in a Gemara, in a Zohar, it's absolutely phenomenal. The feeling is amazing, and the push towards Yerat Shemaim, showing the greatness of the Torah, is pushed forward. For this reason, Rav Nosen toils very much in the Kutel Achot to show you where Rabbi Nachman's concepts and teachings and advice and the setup that he, pre- that he presents it in the Kutel Moran are hinted to in places throughout the whole Torah. Torah. He himself, Rabbi Nachman, said that with one lesson of in the Kutel Moran, you can go with it through the entire Torah. Meaning you can connect every page of Gemara, every Mishnah, every Pasuk in the Chumash, Tanakh, Okay, in the Zohar, the Midrash, you name it, the Kabbalah, you can connect the whole Torah, he said, with one lesson in the That's it, to show you how far-reaching it is and how it can be found everywhere. It's at a high, high level to the extent that you can now connect any piece of Torah and its ideas to it. This is what Rav Nosen is doing with Parashat Lech Lecha. So now, Rav Nosen continues with, you know, his development, finalizing it. So he says like this, finally. It's like the summary of everything we've seen about Avram Avinu, the opening of Parashat Lech Lecha, right? Like we saw in the past uh, seven uh, sections of this, of this class, of this paragraph. Nimtza, he says, Therefore, we can conclude the following. Merumaz ba hazot kol seder hatikunim hanaasim al asiyat ha-mitzvah besimcha. Right, therefore, we can conclude that it's hinted to in this parsha, parsha Lech Lecha, and we saw it in every single word of the first three verses of the parsha. All the development, all the or- the order, structure, presentation of the rectifications, which are resulted through doing the mitzvah with joy, like we saw. And Rav Nosen says a very strong wording. Ayen sham hetev hetev b'hatorah hanizkar le'el. See there, and he stresses twice, very, very carefully in that lesson in the Kutemuram, the Torah, the lesson called Lesson 24, mentioned above. And he said very, very twice, because he means it. When he says this, Rav Nosen, he means it. Because you can fully appreciate what he's saying here in the Kutei Lachot if you have a clear grasp of the lesson in the Kutei Moran. That's why he is always referring us back to the lesson because you learn them together. The Kutei Moran works together with the Kutei Lachot hand in hand. V'azai, if you do so, V'azai yitbarerulecha devarenu ele be'ezrat Hashem yitbarach. 
then by looking carefully in the Kutimar lesson 24 and going back to what Rav Nosim said here about Lech Lecha, all the ideas that we mentioned, it will become much clearer for you, Rav Nosim says, our words here with the help of Hashem blessed be. Now he goes back. And let's go for, let's go forward, let's go further. And everything that happened with Avraham afterwards in Parashat Lech Lecha, as is expressed in the sections of the parasha of Lech Lecha, following the opening of the three verses that we went into, that, for example, that there was a famine in the land, in the Holy Land, and he had to descend to Egypt. He had to descend to Egypt, etc. And everything that happened there, and it to come back out with, with Sarah almost being, you know, raped or, or taken advantage of by Paro. And Lot also descended with him, right? And who was Lot and what he represented? Like we said, and Sarah was taken to the house, the throne of um, the chamber, the palace of Paro. And afterwards, Avram Avinu came up, ascended from Egypt with a lot of cattle, because Paro gave to Avram a lot of gifts to appease what he did, to, what he tried to do to uh, Sarah, right? So he came back with a lot of cattle, a lot of silver, a lot of gold, etc. And what do they represent? What does that represent that Avram left with a lot of wealth? Not just physical wealth. Shehem bechinat nitzotzot hakdoshim rabim sheheila mehasitra hara. That what is basically all the cattle and the silver and the gold <coughs> that Avraham Avinu took up from Egypt, that he received these gifts, they are basically the concept of the holy sparks. Many different type of holy sparks represented in the cattle, sparks in the cattle, in the silver and the gold, etc. That he was able to elevate and bring up from the evil side, which is represented by Egypt, because they were, like Rashi says several times in the Chumash, Shtufei Zima. The Egyptians then were very, very immoral, showing the low level of, of, of morality that they had, which means it's a place of impurity, period. Wherever there's low morality, automatically it's a place of impurity. And if it's a place of impurity, there's holiness that's trapped there that has to be elevated. And that's why Avraham Avinu went down there to elevate the holy sparks trapped there. He says here now, Hakolhu bivchinat mi yemar hanizkar le'el. Everything that transpired Avram Avinu in this parsha, all you know, being in the Holy Land and then being kicked out because of the famine, and then the whole descent to Egypt, and then Sarah being taken into the throne of Pharaoh, and then they coming back out of all this back to Eretz Yisrael. All this, Rav Nosson says, parallels what Rabbi Nachman brings in Lesson Twenty Four, in the again the passage from the discourse from the argument between the wise men of Athens and Rabbi Yishob ben Hanania, where they challenged Rabbi Yishob ben Hanania, Miyemar. Miyemar means who says? Then he stuck up his finger to say this is the center of the universe and they said who says, right? And how Rabbi Nachman interprets it is like this. They challenged him who, you know, how does a person reach the infinite light and he raised up his finger as they say through the concept of the hands which we went into many times the idea of activating blessing and they said to him but Miyemar in order to activate the hands and blessing you have to first descend into the exchange chambers the, 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 the domain of impurity of the evil side which is called exchange because they're always exchanging the truth to falsehood pure to impure holy to unholy right to wrong emet to sheker right 
So that's called the exchange chambers. And they asked him, Miyimar, in order to elevate, to reach the, 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 the hands, the cut of the hands, the fingers, which, which bring upon blessing, which lead to the infinite light, you have to first go down to the domain of the exchange chambers, which is a danger zone. So they said to him, me, Yemar, who has the audacity, the strength, the courage to go to Yemar, to the Tumura, the exchange chambers. So what I'm saying here, everything Avram Avinu went, he just left Haran, came to Eretz Yisrael, Kicked out of Eretz Yisrael because of the famine, going down to Egypt, not enough to Egypt, not enough to exile, but to Egypt. And not of Egypt, Sarah, who was Avram Bivinu's like essence of holiness, if you want to say, was taken captive, taken captive by Pharaoh. Okay, and then when they left, they left with a lot of wealth. So he's saying, Rav Nosem, this is the exact same idea of descending to the exchange chambers in order to elevate the holy sparks, which me, which leads to the activation of the hands and the blessings, which is the stepping stone for, for tapping in to the infinite light. Okay? So he explains Rav Nosem. Sheyarad that Avram Avinu descended into many different categories, many different types of exchanged chambers, in many different formats and experiences, which is reflected in the 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 the, the struggle, the whole story of Parshat Lechlecha, in and out, in and out, in and out. Right? Leaving Haran, Eretz Yisrael, you said Eretz Yisrael, exile, exile, back to diaspora, Egypt, Egypt, Paro's house, okay? And he successfully, Avram Avinu, obviously with Sarah, was able to elevate the holiness trapped in, the, in this diaspora of Egypt, this filth, the impurity of the exchange chamber represented by Egypt, to come up, bring up the holiness from there, which is the idea of elevating the kingdom of holiness. Malchut Yidusha, that's explained in Likut Yermon Lesson 24. He's borrowing the concepts from Likut Yermon Lesson 24. That's what he says, etc. Rav Nosen goes further. He says, this is also, if you want to go into a bit more detail, the whole concept of the war fought by Avram Avinu against the four kings. Right? Like we saw in Parashat Lech Lecha. That he went out to run after the four kings who took Lot captive. You remember? And Sodom, the whole people of Sodom, with all their wealth and food and everything, and their people. He took everyone captive. And he says, the war against the four kings, the God of Nosen says, Shehem bechinat arba malchuyot shekolelim kolagaluyot. These four kings, like Rav Nosen is going to show us from the Midrash, represent all four of the exiles that we are in. These four kings... Mentioned in the Torah, right? Amraphel, Tidal, okay, Aryoch, Elasar, these four kings, they represent all of the exiles that the future offspring of Avram Avinu will be in, which is us, the Jewish people. Kamuva, as is brought down in the Midrash Rabbah, uh, section 42, paragraph 4 in Parshat Lech Lechan, the Midrash Rabbah, where it says that each of the four kings represented one, represented one of the four exiles. So, he says the first one was Bavel, the second one was Yavan, the third one was Madai, and the fourth one is Edom. These are the four after Egypt, of course. These four kings represented the four types of exile that the Jewish people would be in when they came after being exiled from the Holy from the Eretz Israel and the first temple being destroyed. Okay, so that's what the Midrash says and points out that connection to again uh, Hashver, um, 
Nebuchadnezzar Babel, Yavan Antiochus, and Ahasuerus from Madai, and then the fourth one is Edom, Romi, the Roman Empire that we're in right now. We're still in the offshoot, the offspring, the, the results, the rippled effect of the Roman exile that we're still in. Sheika Galutam and what's in exile we have to remember that when we say Jews are in exile it's not just that they're physically financially in exile because in many Jews that's not the case many Jews are well off in exile they have nice you know Lamborghinis and Porsches and, and three garages and their mansion in Long Island wherever okay the main exile that we're in now is that our happiness is in exile we're not happy we don't have true happiness so long as there's no Beit HaMikdash. The main exile due to these four kings representing the four exiles which Avraham Avinu had to fight against is sadness. And Avraham Avinu was able to bypass and conquer and be victorious over all four of these kings, all four exiles. That's the symbol. Then in the end, the offspring of Avraham Avinu, Am Yisrael, will win all four exiles. We're now on the fourth one. Even the fourth one will be one. And also, that's one point, right? Number two, by going after the four kings and subduing them, and, and, and crushing them, Avraham Abin was able to save and rescue Lot. And who's Lot? Lot is the ancestor of Moab. Moab is the ancestor of Ruth. Ruth is the ancestor of King David. Okay? And from King David is the ancestor, he's the ancestor of Mashiach, Melech Mashiach. So he saved Lot. And what, what was what, the idea of saving Lot? In order to lift up, to sift out, to clarify from Lot, that's why he saved him in the first place, specifically from Lot, from such an upside-down scenario, having relations with his daughter, there could be no greater exchange chambers than this. For a holy nishama like King David to eventually come from such a very upside-down beginning, at least from the side of Ruth, not from the side of Boaz and Yudah, but even there, yes, there was a whole story of Yudah and Tamar, which from forth came Boaz eventually, and from Boaz is King David, okay, and from King David is Mashiach. So all this, all the running after the four kings to save Lot, and to save Lot was in order to clarify and, 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 and sift out from him, specifically, the holy soul of Mashiach that was hidden and trapped within him, as is brought down in the holy farm, in the holy books, in the Kabbalah, in the Midrash, the Gemara, the Zohar, etc. And who is Mashiach for us? Who is Mashiach who will bring on the redemption? Redemption being the opposite, opposite of exile. Exile being sadness. So automatically, the opposite of exile, which is sadness, is happiness. Shehu, Mashiach who brings it forth, the, the, the redemption. Mekor hasimcha. Ki az He is the source of our joy. Mashiach, and the future redemption that he's going to bring. Because it's then, during the final redemption, quoting verse, Psalms, from Shemalat, Psalm chapter 126, verse 2, right? Then, he says, the King David says in that verse, for them, our mouths will be filled with joy, with laughter, schok, laughter, we have such joy and laughter at the time when Sheikh comes, and we'll find a redemption. So all this, with no sin, is, is pointing out the idea of Avram Avinu sifting out the holy sparks. That was the whole reason why he had to, had to have those adventures that he did after coming into the Holy Land. 
And then the idea of rescuing Lot is in order to bring forth the joy hidden also. So Rav Nosen points out two stages. That number one, elevating the holy sparks, and also the byproduct of joy coming out when, when the holy sparks are elevated by going and descending into the exchange chambers, which is everything Avram Avinu experienced in Parashat Lech Lecha in different facets of the exchange chambers. That's another way Rav Nosen is showing you the insights of Likud Tehman Lesson 24 in hidden in the Torah, specifically in Parashat Lech Lecha. And with this, we finish Rav Nosen's insights on Parashat Lech Lecha.